0: Well, welcome everyone to our pastor's Bible study. Uh, Pastor Josh, we're still going through the forgiving challenge. We're not done with it. We're We're not not done with with it. We're not done. I have not learned everything there is to know about forgiving. I still am looking forward to the second half of the book and learning how much God loves me and how much he forgives me. Uh, It's good to have that reinforced all the time because we we are dredging up, I think, some kind of painful moments maybe from our past and And this week it's all about you know we've kind of gotten those all out there in the week of sin and confession, and now, uh, as you talked about this past weekend, you know, we're hearing that declaration of forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the gavel's being banged down, and we're being declared not guilty, so mm-hmm. uh, but we're gonna go through you know starting starting with day uh, twenty, I believe, yep, yeah, day twenty. So that kicked off the... So this is what we would have read on Sunday the 20th, and it kicks off the week of absolution. And oh, let's see, it's even got a picture of the gavel right there. So I don't know. Pastor, I guess before we dig into maybe the, the specifics of each of the days that we've read this past week, are there any high-level things that you want to comment on from the week of absolution or...
1: Well, I yeah. think, uh, you know, with... Each like in, in this day kind of deals with it and then there's there are a few more that including yesterday's I think um, that you know i've we've kind of alluded to or joked about like you know got past the sin and confession those are like the difficult ones out of all the mm-hmm. five, but you know they're still they're still like they're directly dealing with the the sin um you know i think that's the the charcoal chances one whichever day that is uh-huh. yeah. uh <clears throat> you know it, it, there is still for us to really be forgiven you know we jesus doesn't want to just skirt around he, he wants to really confront the sin and so to like not not to say that in general like ab, uh being forgiven is like an uncomfortable thing mm-hmm. but when you think about it in this context like there still is like a, it's not like okay I've realized I'm a sinner I've confessed my sin now here you go Jesus you can you can deal with it over there mm-hmm. he wants to he wants to remove it from us completely and yeah. that involves dealing with the the sin itself mm-hmm. so
0: yeah there's something very powerful in our relationship with God when we we know He knows <laughs> it's like we know He knows what we've done. Um, it's out there, we've confessed it, he's declared us to be forgiven, and yet he still stays with us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's those are some of our most powerful relationships, I think, in in this life, you know, from you know, one human being to the next, when there are times where it's like, yeah, like you you know that I did this, but whether I did it to you or whether it's just something that I've shared with you about my past. And yet you're still there. I'm like, oh he still accepts me. <laughs> he still is gonna walk with me. He knows like the darkness of of, you know, whatever I've done. And that that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. If you know, if you're blessed to have some relationships like that that are kind of built on forgiveness and and are moving forward under God's grace together. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, that's I think that's that's the thing that keeps going throughout this book is, yeah, you know, well if God hasn't left me yet (laughs) because of what I've done I guess I'm going to believe that he's going to stick around the whole time you know and part of this
1: book a big part of this book is further enforcing that because God's forgiveness doesn't change it's constantly having to remind ourselves that it doesn't change
0: yeah yes yes to believe it to believe that God's forgiveness is a reality and that it is a reality for me in particular Mm -hmm. those are different things sometimes yeah uh, well, why don't we, we go a little bit deeper then. Day 20, surgery needed. Uh, yes, this story kind of grossed me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. We won't, in case you're eating while you're doing this, we won't really go through too much. But his yeah, his son having the, you know, Zach Zender's son um, playing on the tree and, you know, getting a pretty scary injury and having mm-hmm. to go and get a lot of stitches and everything at the hospital. Um, yeah, I don't know what what stood out to you from from this day, Pastor.
1: Um yeah, just the the I, I love the the scars mm-hmm. <laughs> illustration like, you know. Yeah. That's the the whole thing kind of hinges on scars and then you know, he's got a few personal examples to to share of that, but just the the healing that has to come um you know, I think that goes with God doesn't want to just Part of him removing the sin from us, part of him, you know healing us, is dealing with it directly, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, just a, a good illustration that uh, kind of in- enforces what he what he's been talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, he he walks us through. This is this is a very like Good Friday type of reflection when you think about, you know, some of the. Some of the pain and the suffering that we have, you know, some of it is just because of the reality of sin in the world. Some of it is self-inflicted. But then thinking about how, like, in this process of being forgiven, yeah, God is the one who actually takes on the most painful, the mm-hmm. most difficult part of it, going to the cross. Um, yeah that's something that yeah maybe we only do it once a year, but you know on Good Friday we really f- reflect upon like the pain like the literal pain the physical pain that jesus endured mm-hmm. um not to not to even mention the like the i guess the emotional pain of being forsaken by his father you know he, yeah. it's like he en- he enters the physical pain and then also that pain of being separated from God, you know so that we don't have to go through those things he does it on our behalf uh, but yeah it's it's like if Jesus is going to go to the cross to save me, to take my sins away, he's also going to be willing then to enter into the other dark, painful places in my past. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't be surprised when I, if I'm reliving some of these moments if I see Jesus there too. In fact, I should should expect him there at this point now in my life.
1: Yeah, I'm going to butcher the... The wording of it, but isn't it Isaiah you know, he uh, breaks to mend, he wounds to heal you know, like mm-hmm. he, you know, he's gonna for some of our sin, it's where he's like, it might seem like he's opening a wound of, of something that we've tried to not remind ourselves of, but you know yeah. we're just kind of pretending okay, well that didn't happen or, you know, I'm just going to shut my mind off from the sin that I did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. he has to, that's not a good way to take care of it. He needs to really heal it. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. 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 You can't, yeah. It, it would be like, yeah, just pretending that some wound that you had, had healed when really it wasn't, you were just hiding it from everyone else. And that, yeah. Finally, God's like, no, you need medical attention. (laughs) (laughs) You actually need to need to deal with this, or you will die. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And I think there are, you know, I I think there have been some, you know, I'm not going to spill my (laughs) spill everything here, but from my personal, you know, life, I guess. But there have been some things I think as I've gone through the course of this book that I have thought to myself. I thought I had kind of moved through that thing in my past or you know had made peace with that that I think had to get opened up a little bit more and then dealt with again in a more complete way Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I haven't always enjoyed that (laughs) (laughs) but if God is saying if if God is kind of you know well I mean we'll talk about that you know if God is like bringing me back to the scene you know kind of like maybe recreating it and offering his forgiveness again kind of like with Peter at the Mm -hmm. at the fire Like, okay, let's do this. (laughs) Because, yeah, God is the one initiating those things sometimes. Uh, Yeah, I I appreciated the challenge here. I I remember this from the being challenge that we did, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago. There were a lot of times where we had to, like, write out Scripture or rewrite the same verse a couple times. And I know that can be a good, like, practice of meditation on God's word to do things like that. So like even just having to write this verse, Jeremiah 32 27, three times um, I've been thinking about this more throughout the week you know, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? A little bit braggy you know, but it's, it's warranted <laughs> but it's like, yeah, is anything too hard for God? No! What, what could I even think of? Like am I going to think that my something in my life is going to be so surprising to God or so hard for God that he's just going to be like, yeah, you know what, I think Jeff Smith is just going to be too trouble, too troublesome for me <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he had a good run, but I think he's just going to be too high maintenance now for me. Uh, no, like nothing is too is too hard for God. Mm-hmm. But we don't always live as if we believe that, I think, when it comes to the... This, this, our sin yeah the burdens Mm -hmm. of our sin Um, anything else maybe from the challenge or just from this day that stood out to you
1: Uh, I don't think so
0: alright yeah and and I'll say too you know I I know these challenges sometimes some of them are like kind of quick and easy so Mm -hmm. to speak and others are like it's okay to maybe read it and then hit the pause button and you know let the let the challenge kind of breathe a little bit and come back to it later i know maybe that's not always practical but don't feel like you have to rush through the challenge in 5 minutes if it's mm-hmm. something that you want to really reflect on more deeply day 21 charcoal chances and uh yeah this is again i mean n- none of us are going to be able to look at the this you know story of like peter and jesus <laughs> the no. same way again, um, but you know, any, anything does anything stand out to you here from from this one again? Well, going back to chapter eighty nine and the charcoal fire, yeah.
1: Well, uh, if you were with us for our m- uh, Wednesday midweek Lenten uh, service and mm-hmm. watched the video, uh, there was something interesting that stood out to me from that, which. You know, th- these videos kinda take bits and pieces and add a little bit more from that week's uh mm-hmm. challenge or uh lesson. Um and it was just he, he kinda was talking about Peter like running on the beach and then the smell of that charcoal mm-hmm. hitting his nostrils and kinda stopping. And that was just interesting to think about because as it talks about in here, the only two times in the New Testament that it uses this word for charcoal fire is when Peter denies Jesus, and then on the beach, just thinking about, uh, you know, scientific, it's scientifically proven that, uh, you know, certain smells can be very strong in bringing back emotions, uh, and, and putting you back in a situation. So, I just thought about that in a way I've never thought about it before. But it is very possible that he smelled that. Yeah. And like that's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Like that is, you know. He he knew something was up before. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't place it, but it was just like a. I know the smell. Smell that? Yeah.
0: Well, that does happen sometimes to me. Yeah, I'll smell. I'll smell something, or it'll even be like a certain time of year again. It's like you know, like the crisp, the crispness of the fall in October, and then like you start to feel a certain way, and you're like, what am I thinking of? I can't always put my finger on it, mm-hmm. but yeah. But he may have had like a a sinking feeling in his stomach. I remember, I remember smelling this and seeing this, and then hearing the rooster. You yeah. Know, that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, Peter probably didn't go on farms very often for a while. You know, yeah. to, <laughs> to hear the rooster crow. Uh, maybe now it just rem- reminds him of Jesus. Yeah, but <laughs> and it's interesting too yeah. to
1: think like just to kind of play that out a little bit more, like. Mm-hmm you know, being around a fire, you can't get that smell off you. So it was like yes. the smell of his sin <laughs> yeah. was on his clothes for a while and his hair. Like, mm-hmm. you know it, you know, this is all a little bit of like poetic licensing, kinda mm-hmm. filling in the blanks, nothing yeah. that is like adding or taking away from scripture obviously, but just like uh, mm-hmm. you know, he might have that might have stuck with him. Like yeah. that smell and those emotions that came with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no I, I think I think that's all fair. Yeah. Um the the thing that struck me though was basically this this theme about kind of like um replays, mm-hmm. instant replays, replaying your past sins and Jesus is recreating this and maybe it was this like Peter's like this is my worst nightmare mm-hmm. to like go through this ritual. I mean, I think it was kind of like a ritual undoing of the first one. But, you know, Zach, I, I, I think, um, can't find the exact place here, but it's, it kind of giving some options and like, is Jesus, Peter's thinking, is Jesus doing this to forgive me? Is Jesus doing this to shame me? Is Jesus doing this to call out my sin in front of everyone? Which, which I guess, um, I've always imagined that this conversation is more like, it doesn't really say one way or the other. I've always imagined it was kind of like a private conversation mm-hmm. with Jesus and Peter, but it doesn't say that they walked away. So, I mean, was it, were the other disciples? I mean, there were like half, maybe you know five or six other guys or something. Were they hearing this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Or did they kind of like walk, you know, 50 yards down the beach or something? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it does make a difference. I mean, obviously, if, uh, John didn't see fit to call that out one way or the other. And it's but, really
1: interesting to think about it in the in the sense of like Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Uh-huh. Like he you know, do you love me more than the rest of these guys? Like yeah, if yeah. they're standing there, hmm well then like Yeah, you know what the heck, Peter? Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is um I know this is like a, a spoiler a little bit, but there there is a day uh next week where Zach writes about that What what, what, is, what is Jesus referring to when he says more than these mm-hmm. you know is it yeah is it these other people but, but even like you could take it different ways do you love me like do you Peter love me more than you love these other mm-hmm. disciples or do you Peter um, love me more than these other guys love me or so I, I don't know there's like different ways yeah. you can take it I guess maybe we could get get the Greek out and actually see the the grammar and, and figure it out but um. But yeah, do you love me more than these? Yeah, this is an interesting opening question. Yeah. And then he he backs off of that particular phrasing uh-huh. for the other two questions, but but yeah, you know, you're like just wondering what is Jesus doing by doing this, and then I think it's it is pretty clear with the forward, you know, the feed my lambs Like it's, it's it's clear that he is okay. You're still, I'm I'm still with you. Mm-hmm. I've still got, still got work for you. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not washing my hands of you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the challenge for this day, yeah, the the instant replays. Um, well, this is yeah, kind of building on what we talked about from the first, uh, the the previous day too. But yeah, do you believe that Jesus can enter into your worst moments? You know, the ones that you replay over and over again in your story. We we had a little discussion in, in my group last night, too, about... Some of us were like, oh, yeah, I have very specific moments that I replay. Others of us were like, not necessarily a, a particular moment, but it's maybe like a stretch of our lives. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I I couldn't think yeah. of
1: anything that was like a, you know, I go back to this specific yeah. time. Like, I just yeah. Uh-huh. But I think it's like it's like the, the pattern of sin, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like yeah, it wasn't like a this one event, and now I feel guilt for it. But it's like, man, I keep doing the same thing that I don't want to keep doing. You know, Romans seven. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I I think that's 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 what I. That's what I wrote about I did not try to draw i'm you don't want you don't wanna see that my artistic talent is non existent mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but but yeah those are the things that that bug me the most, I think is yeah those it's like just an ongoing mm-hmm. habit of sin, and now like contained in there are like certain <laughs> instances mm-hmm. but but it's like yeah that's that's what I feel more shame about, I guess, yeah when I when I replay those things it's like it's even worse than maybe if it was a one off thing that I would have done but if it's like it was like I was committed to yeah. you know to this sin in this period of my life and um, I don't know if I do I believe that Jesus can enter in there do I want Jesus to enter in there <laughs> rather not but I know that he does he needs to mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs to 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 redeem me yeah so uh, yeah I think for for some of us this yeah, it may have been uh, another painful challenge, you know, maybe to write down a particular thing here. but um, Yeah. We definitely don't replay the good things as much as we replay the bad things. No. And I think those are like the regrets, the what-ifs. And that's the beautiful thing about when you follow Jesus because, you know, there is this sense in which he's he is always kind of, well, what's next? You know, what's ahead of you? And so Peter... Peter had this as part of his testimony going forward, but I mean in the book of Acts, Peter's not really looking back. I mean he's, he's looking back like at the resurrection of Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but he's like just all all Jesus all the time. you know like I'm just pinching myself every day that I get to experience the fullness of God's grace in my life. Mm-hmm. So all right, well let's go on to, to the next one then day 22 zero balance
1: whenever i i've gone through this you know a number of times and like like even just preparing for to talk about this and every time even though i know what it's about i always think of zero balance like like this kind of balance oh like like
0: you <laughs> okay know, yeah when
1: you don't have balance mm-hmm. and then i have to remind myself oh yeah it's talking about money yeah Matt, like, yeah, yeah yeah zero balance but every yeah. time like that's how it goes
0: yeah, it's like you're really clumsy or something. Yeah. yeah. Or you have vertigo me, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, this was you know, the the dream of every pastor to hear the story about, you know, when someone's mind is wandering during the sermon that they're actually doing something useful. Yeah. Something godly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this woman writing a hymn, writing the words to the hymn Jesus paid it all. Uh, which that was the the challenge to kind of reflect upon uh the words for that, but yeah. So, so a great, a great story mm-hmm. of someone just yeah reflecting upon Jesus' payment for our sins, but then also a nice accounting story as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really identifying with Zach. I'm like, it's only thirty dollars. I mean, yeah, like it's close enough, right? Like I'll but, I'll pay a hundred dollars just yeah
1: get that, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that it, it wasn't about like you couldn't pay that off, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. This other person had to go in and fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought this
0: was really, really yeah. There, there were times um, when I, I worked at a tennis club, like at the front desk, and I would at the end of the, my shift have to like balance everything out between the cash that I took in or the checks or the the charges, like on the on mm-hmm. the you know the club account that people would put it on. And it wouldn't always match up. And I'd be like, what in the world happened? You know, I'd, so I'd count through the cash again or I'd, and, and I mean, it was, there was always, you always figured it out. Um, well, I mean, well, there was, I think there was one time though where I didn't, I just like, you know, it was this like 11 o'clock us. at night and I was like, I knew the accountant was going to be like the business manager was going to be in there at 7 a.m. and um, I just left it on. I was like, I, I couldn't close out the shift. It didn't balance. And then she called me at like 8 a.m. and was like, well, here's what you did wrong. <laughs> she found it in like five minutes. Yeah. I was like, ah. <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of this story. But yeah, it is. But I was even thinking, yeah, you know, like I could just throw like a $20 bill in here and, you know, like or whatever and just balance it out. I can't remember what the, what the difference was. But um, yeah, you just think there's got to be something I can do to make it right um and that's that's kind of what we what we do it's it's like we don't want yeah. to dial the emergency number of Jesus mm. soon enough when that's like that's the only way to have the zero balance of our sin um yeah i don't know you know i i got to say i i think i had heard the tetelestai as like a you know, like a financial term before, but it is, Yeah, that's a powerful way to think of it. You know, that Jesus, you know, Jesus would use that. I mean, cause, cause we do, we use that payment language so much. I think when it comes to sin, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, Jesus uses it in parables, yeah. the Lord's prayer, you know, sometimes we say trespasses, but other times we say debts, you know, forgive us our debts. And, uh, so I think I think, in some cases, the worst thing that we can think of is like being in a financial hole mm-hmm. that can in some ways you know have the the biggest impact on your life mm-hmm. on this earth, but then you know so it just makes sense, I guess, to our brains to equate sin with just being in an irreversible financial hole mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh yeah, Jesus' parable of the man who
1: has uh, massive debt. You know, mm-hmm. debt that's basically bigger than the 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 region had, like the yeah, uh, yeah, the nation of it's Israel. It's bigger than
0: like the GDP mm-hmm. of Israel or something. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would that put a little bit of stress on you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> also,
1: don't know how you get that big of a debt, but it's a parable. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's a parable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I think it. It just works. I. It, it, just maybe think of too the second article of the Apostles' Creed and talks about Jesus making payment for our sins, not with gold or silver, but mm-hmm. with His holy, precious blood, His innocent suffering and death, that I may be His own. Um, so yeah, Jesus paid it all. I you know you're, you're kind of supposed to write stuff down, underline things about the the hymn. Um, I don't know if this applies or not, but on the chorus. There's three, you know. It says, "Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raises life up from the dead." It says it three times, and I wrote three times, like Peter's story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm going to, I'm seeing seeing threes where I don't need to see threes, but <laughs> that's just where my mind went today. Mm-hmm. Three three is an important biblical number, you yeah. know. Three seven forty, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's go to. This will be the last one that we'll talk about today, day 23. Have you had a McRib, Pastor Josh?
1: Last year I had it for the
0: first time. For five. the first time, okay. Yeah. I've only had a couple, maybe two or three in my life. Um, I hope I never have another one.
1: Yeah, I didn't have it with the <laughs> onions or whatever, but okay, I was yeah. like, this is way overhyped. I mean, good for the people who
0: enjoy it, but... Yeah. Now, I think it's... It, those things are fun that, like, they don't come around all that often, you know, right? Because I think, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's seasonal. still seasonal, still temporary, right? Now, I know, I just heard, like, a couple days ago that the nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. That's something that I get excited about.
1: I think I've had them once.
0: Yeah, I've had them, like, once plus 40 times, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> um, But anyway, yeah, so... Derail us here, yeah. But but the, but but saying yeah, saying something like I love the McGrib or I love nacho fries, or I love this. Um, he talks about how in English, yeah, we really only have one word for love, and it kind of it gets confusing then because certainly I don't mean the same thing when I say I love my children or my wife um, or my friends as I do if I love a certain snack food or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like I mean and in the same way you know we use the word hate I think kind of loosely too Mm -hmm. you know you might say like I hate pickles (laughs) or I I like you know hate that you know which isn't a good thing like I hate that person who wronged me or Mm -hmm. you know we again don't mean the same level of intensity right Uh, English is not a precise language sometimes whereas like Greek is is sometimes a more precise language Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so there are. That's why you'll hear nerdy pastors talking about different grammatical things from the Greek or from the Hebrew because, mm-hmm. well, we want to show off that we learned things years ago. <laughs> but also, we think that, that, that there is something uh, worth looking into, and so that's what Zach brings us in here with the uh, the the agape love versus the phileo love and the different uh you know, if you're just reading it in your English Bible, it's Jesus and Peter using the word love again and again, but Jesus starts off using the agape, that unconditional love, and Peter's using the the softer, I guess, the the less intense, kind of like the brotherly love, friendship love. You know, that that's where, you know, Philadelphia gets the name, uh, the city of brotherly love. But <clears throat> I don't know, what what do you think, Pastor Josh? Is this what are we to make of the use of the words for love here Um, yeah what what stood out to you again as we come at this conversation between Peter and Jesus from yet another angle yeah I think
1: and we were talking about this a bit before we started recording but uh, both of us you know our experience going through I mean I remember this even in college but in seminary you have some professors who say this the use of the different kinds of love is a big deal, and then some who say it's not a big deal. And ultimately, um I mean we can't really hang our hat one way or the yeah. other. I think it's one of those things that uh if it enhances how you see this story, mm-hmm. then it's good and beneficial. But it's not it's not something to make a, a big deal about like you know i don't think we we're gonna create a sermon series on the different kinds of love and go in depth oh i sounds like a great thing for valentine's day it does, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sure one it does. thing i will take uh, that i took away from this just is like you know jesus changes the word for what you know Jesus, the first two times, asks you agape, love mm-hmm. me, and Peter says, "I follow you, mm-hmm. love, I follow, love you." And the third time, Jesus changes it to follow. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just saw that as like, uh, you know, doesn't matter that Peter can't get up to the standard that Jesus is asking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Jesus comes down. Yeah. You know, and so just like you know, we as sinners are not not able to to rise to the level of what Jesus wants or calls for us to do with our lives, to love him unconditionally, to love our neighbors unconditionally. But, you know, he comes down and he doesn't let that gap of imperfection Mm -hmm. uh, prevent a a relationship with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's not like Peter had to, yeah, ascend to a certain type of love or a level of love for Jesus in order to be restored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus you know, I mean he he's working to like grow <laughs> the love that we have. You know, the Holy Spirit is working to grow the love that we have for God and for one another. But that agape love is wild. I mean, it's this is the the kind of love that I think I mean that that's what God is. That's you know God is love, God is agape love, and you know Jesus is agape love embodied you know in this world, and I think that it's we're going to see human beings engaging in agape love, but it's it's going to be like in fits and starts. It's not going to be right like yeah like Peter's not going to be a, get a certain threshold and like oh now he's all agape all the time for everybody. It's gonna that's still going to fall short. I think right, but but we do see it. You know there are there are times where. You're like, that is agape love by the grace of God mm-hmm. flowing through God's people, you know. Um, and then the next day we might totally mess it up again.
1: Yeah. You know. You know, so I illustration that just came to mind. So I often think about like going sports here in the NFL. What makes a quarterback good? You know? It's their ability like you could argue that any one play a quarterback could make this amazing throw Mm -hmm. you know even you know the the best quarterbacks ever and the quarterbacks who started three games for the Cleveland Browns five years ago they could all make that one pass but it's about how consistently you do it that makes you a good quarterback Mm -hmm. you know you or I could go out there and hit a pass like an NFL player but you give us 10 throws we're going to miss six or seven of them it's about how well, that, cons- that's being generous yeah. to me, but
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we maybe hit one of them. Um, but it's a, it's a matter of that consistency that yeah. makes you a good quarterback. Mm. And you know, there are glimpses of that agape love, but we we don't get it consistent. We're not, I mean, Jesus is the, the goat, the greatest of all time, the <laughs> one who is does that consistently without fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it's like. We do get it, but just not as often, or as thorough,
0: or as Mm -hmm. in depth as we need to. Yeah, it's one of the most frustrating things, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, as a Christian, because with other things in life, yeah, maybe you do you do get better at it, and then maybe you do get pretty consistently good. You know, I mean, everybody has a bad day if you're like a musician or you know an athlete or something, but you generally, uh, you know, but but like when it comes to Living according to God's will, I might one day have a pretty good day, and then the next day I'm like, I'm like out here playing like an eight-year-old or something, you know? <laughs> like, I'd be like how did my skill drop off so much? Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, that that can be, that can kind of shake our faith. So we might we might like wonder, well, am I really a Christian if I'm not, you know, agaping everyone that I see? But that, that's that's where you know this book is teaching us we're not looking inwardly for our comfort. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're always going to be directed back to Jesus uh for his unconditional love and his forgiveness and it's like you know, well, every day I got to meet Jesus back by back around the fire and he's going to restore me again, mm-hmm. you know. It's like going going back to that place of forgiveness, you know. You but you could look at it as like the scene of the crime, but you could look mm-hmm. at it even more so. as was like the scene where Jesus met me to to forgive me mm-hmm. again and again. I think that's what we should. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we have all. Everyone has this longing to go to the beach. Maybe it's because of this, this story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other reason. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh man. What a great book this is. I'm just. I'm loving it. I hope. I hope you guys are are. <laughs> loving it as well. And we've still got a uh, few more weeks to go. You know, we've got uh, two more, like, full thematic weeks for us. We've got the, you know, the R and the S. We've got the, and the R is going to be what I'm going to be preaching on this weekend, the week of restoration that will be, you know, next week. But we kind of get ready for it on the weekend for with the themes of our services. So, Yeah. Join us again, join us again this weekend as we continue to, to get through this book. And we're getting close to, you know, the end of Lent, which is Holy Week. So we've got some really special services. You know, it's the week of April 10th then, Palm Sunday is April 10th. And then we have, so we have the Sunday services and then we've got the Thursday, Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and then Easter Sunday. So, um, yeah, get those, get those on your calendar and plan to, to walk the road of forgiveness, you know, that Jesus wins for us uh, again and again. So thanks, Pastor Josh, Mm -hmm. for joining us. And yeah, we'll see you all again next time.